0: Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew Him not. It begins with this instruction, this declaration. Behold, look at this, consider this, give your attention to this. I want you to see what kind of love God has bestowed upon you even to the point that He has made you His own child. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. So the love that God has bestowed upon us is a love that is so complete that it brings with it a position and an inheritance into our life. That we are placed into the family. We're not just saved and just barely getting by, entering into the kingdom at the low end of the totem pole, at the low ring on, on the uh, importance, but we are brought in and we are seated together with Christ. We are brought in. The love that God has for us is a love that He has as a father to children. Amen? And so He wants us to look at it. We've been talking a lot recently about our maturity, learning how that we can grow in Christ and how we can mature in Christ. And one of the things that is a mark of maturity, the most important thing that marks our maturity is how we walk in love. But for us to walk in love, we have to be experienced with receiving His love. Because He is the source of the love we walk in. And for us to be skilled in walking in love with each other, which is a kingdom requirement that is not just for this day and age, for eternity we're going to be governed by the love command. So we might as well get on with it and learn how to walk in love and be good at it. Amen? Amen? So it starts by knowing the love from God for me to be able to demonstrate or show that love to other people. And so I've got to look at the way God loves me and receive of that love and experience that love in my life. And one important key to experiencing the love of God is knowing His character When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5, verses 20 down I think through 22, 23, it refers to the fruit of the Spirit, but then it begins to list love in the first of the list, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, faith. All of these are character traits of God. That's who God is. God is love. He is long-suffering. He is meek. Hallelujah. Jesus said, this is what I want you to learn about me. I am meek. Learn this. I want you to learn this about me. I am meek. Hallelujah. So the character of God is the fruit of the Spirit, and we are to develop in that character. We are to grow in the character so that we look like God in our actions, that we look like God in our perceptions, that we have His character that we have His traits about us. Amen? Amen. And so we've got to understand the character of God and His love for us. I want to go to Exodus 33 because, for me, this is uh, one of the greatest examples of God's character because He's describing Himself. It's not just somebody else describing Him, But God is giving us His personal explanation of who He is, of His character, of His traits. Here in Exodus chapter 33, let's look at verses 18 and 19. This is Moses talking with the Lord. He said, I beseech you, show me your glory. That's Moses. Moses is asking God, I beseech is like a very sincere from the depths of my heart, I am, I am asking you, Lord, with all of my heart, show me your glory. And God said, verse 19 is God's response. God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will show you my glory, and this is how I'm going to show you my glory. I will make all my goodness pass before you. So in God's perception, when He is is in a position to explain and define His glory, He, in His words, says it's goodness. That doesn't take away from the brilliance that we see when we experience glory, from the bright shining of His glory, but at the... Of that shining, at the essence of that brilliance, at the essence of the radiance that we describe, at the essence, it's goodness. Have you ever heard anybody talk about an experience with the Lord? Maybe they had a vision, or we could even, for instance, Daniel, when the angel came to bring him the word of the Lord. There are examples in the Bible, of, of encounters. And, and the presence of the Lord was with that messenger so strong that they fell down. The, the human fell down at the feet of that heavenly being. Or people who have experienced the, the presence of the Lord or a visitation from the Lord. They fell under the holiness of His presence. Amen? Amen? in that same way god is saying my goodness is so glorious that it is seen as brilliance it's seen as a bright shining it's seen as but it's it's me you might describe it as a bright brilliant glory but if you get past the brightness it's me it's it's my goodness i'm good and so he said, His glory is His goodness. I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Well, in the, in the Word of God, we see that names represented the character of that person. The name was not just a name for conversation, but it was a name that described that person. For in, or described something uh, in, in that, uh, for instance, God changed Abram's name to Abraham. Amen? That, that was significant because he was, he was describing himself as the father of many nations. Before it was just a prince, but now he's having to describe himself as the father of a multitude because that's what his name meant. That's what his name represented. So he said, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. In other words, the name of the Lord is who He is. Jehovah Jireh means the God of more than enough, the God who sees and provides. El Shaddai means the all-sufficient one. These are all names for God. Uh, Jehovah Rapha, it means God my healer. Hallelujah. So all of the different names are actually uh, ways of identifying His character, what He will do. Amen. So He says, I'm going to make my goodness pass before you, and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So God, when He is put in a position to explain glory... To explain who he is, he says, "I am, I am, uh, my goodness, my name. I'm gracious and merciful." So let's look over here in the next chapter at the actual event of him m- making his goodness pass before Moses. We know that he told Moses, "You can't see my face," and so he put him in a place, on a cliff the left of the rock. And he covered him with his hand until his part had had passed by. And then when he lifted his hand, all that he could see was the hinder part. But he could hear God declaring his goodness. Let's read in verse 5. 34 verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, Moses, stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, this is what he proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, that's who I am, merciful and gracious, merciful and gracious, for us to know how to walk in love with one another, we've got to be able to know God as the merciful one so that we can be those who show mercy like our Father shows mercy. That we can be the gracious example of our Heavenly Father because He is merciful and gracious. He defined Himself and described Himself with those two words first. He says, I am, in in the original language, it would be Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah the merciful and gracious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God the merciful. God the gracious. Are you glad? Has He ever been merciful to you? Have you ever been in need of mercy? Has mercy ever come running to you when you thought it was all over and there was no hope for you, but mercy came running? Hallelujah. Have, have you ever experienced the graciousness of God? Have you, has He ever been good to you? Has He ever been gracious to you? Praise God. Then, then we know Him that way. We need, to, we need to emphasize it because He emphasized it. He emphasized that first. You know, for a long time, people were emphasizing sinners in the hand of an angry God. But God, he, when sinners come to God, He's not angry when they come and repent. Amen? He's not pleased with sin, but He loves the people who are caught in that sin and would graciously and mercifully free them from that sin if they will receive Him Amen. and His gift of the salvation in Christ Jesus. If they will accept Jesus, they can, they can know Him as the merciful and the gracious. Amen. Amen. This word merciful in the original Hebrew means full of compassion. Full of compassion. Full of compassion. It is from the root word mercy, which means to love deeply, to have tender affection, to love deeply. So this is a a flow of who God is. God is full of compassion. He is full of compassion. Hallelujah. He loves deeply. He loves deeply. The word gracious means to show favor, to be inclined toward, or to extend favor or grace. You know, a lot of times people look at God as someone they have to talk Him into doing something. They come in prayer with the idea that I've got to talk God into this. I'm, I'm sold on it. I've got to sell God on this and i got to get him to do this and and so they come from the aspect of of his unwillingness that he's not willing that he doesn't want to do something good for them but if if they if that, that's an evidence to him that they don't know him in that way but when they know god is so quick to give God is so quick to give. He's so quick to show favor. He's so quick to say, I'm all in, yeah. (laughs) Actually, most of the things that people try to get God to do, it was His idea before they ever came up with it. God desired to do us good. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, we looked at it in part one of this teaching. He said, the thoughts that I have for you, they're good. I know the thoughts I have for you. I know the thoughts I have for you. They're good. With their thoughts of peace. With an end and an expectation. Yes, an expected end. Why? Because I've already looked ahead and picked out the very best for you. Yes. You know, when, when a couple is about to get married, they go into the department store and they pick out what they think they are going to like, they pick out what kind of dishes that they would like, and they're, they're building their registry right of, of all of the so that people who want to give them a gift will will be able to see what their tastes are, what kind of silverware they wanted, what kind of china they wanted, what kind of, of different uh, gadgets and and things for their home because they want to be a blessing right. You know God's got the greatest taste, and He already went and prepared your registry for you. Amen. He already went and prepared your registry. He went on, He went, and he, he didn't go chintzy and pick out the medium-priced ones and the, the, the low low end of the price range. God said, "Ooh, I'll, that's my favorite. I think she's going to like that." She He knows how He created you. He knows how He built you. How He designed you. And He knows what you like better than you know what you like. You, you might even come into something you didn't think you were going to like it because you might have in the past always picked what was the lesser price. You might have picked what was the medium price. You say, well, I'm not going to buy that top dollar. But God, God's already picked out the top dollar. He's already picked out the best for us. Why? Because He's inclined to show favor. He's gracious and merciful to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I am the merciful and the gracious. Let's read on in this declaration that, Jesus, that the Father makes here of Himself. The Lord merciful and gracious, long-suffering. This word long-suffering means patient. Patient. Slow to anger. He is patient. He is slow to anger. Now that doesn't mean that he tolerates sin. That doesn't mean he's going to compromise with sin or rebellion. He can't because he's also very just. Amen. He is just, but he is patient and he'll deal with people. And he'll, he'll give opportunities for repentance. He's not going to just be quick to lower the hammer on somebody. But he's patient and slow to anger and, and uh, the next thing it says is abundant in goodness and truth. Abundant, abundant. in goodness. Abundant. Abundant, in goodness. <laughs> abundant in goodness. Hallelujah. Yes. This word goodness means a zeal to love, a zeal to bestow benefits to others, eager and an ardent desire to bless. He, he's abundant in this. He's abundant in this. He, it, God's love language is giving to you. I read a book some years ago. You might have read it. It was about the five love languages. Was it five love languages? It it came out probably, you know, 15 years ago. And as I was reading through it, I could find mine and I could find my husband's. They were pretty, pretty spot on. And one of the, my husband is that man who loves to give. Now my daughters, over the years they learned that that's daddy's love language. And I had to I had to help him not be taken advantage of at times, especially in those teenage years, you know, not to over not to but he doesn't care. He'll give it. He'll give the he'll give what's in his pocket. He'll give cuz he loves to give. He loves to give to his family. He loves to give to us. And I see that in God. It's an it says it's an ardent desire to bless. Eager desire to bless. A zeal to bestow benefits to others. He's abundant in that. God, he says, I got a lot of that. That's one of my main things. I have an eager desire to bless. I have an ardent. Ardent means like a flaming fire that's just like it's burning on the end. A burning desire. "Ah, I just want to bless you today. I just want to bless you. He's looking for ways to bless us. He's looking because it's His desire. That's why it says, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. Psalm 35, 27. Yeah. Under the old covenant, He had such a desire to bless that it, that's what pleases Him. Yeah. Jeremiah 32, 41, He says, I rejoice over you to do you good. Yeah. God rejoices to do you we rejoice because of what he's done for us but he rejoices to get to do it he rejoices for the opportunity to do something good for us so if you have positioned yourself for a blessing you have made your father happy today you have pleased him you have made his joyful amen because you're in that position to receive of his blessing amen and so this is who he is he is good he is good. His goodness is a zeal to bestow benefits and an eager and an ardent desire to bless us. Hallelujah. He said, I am abundant in goodness and truth. The word truth means a firmness, a faithfulness, a reliability, stability, continuance, and trustworthiness. So he said, I am abundant in goodness and truth god is stable and your your life with god is a is the life he has planned for you is a stable life the life he has for you is a reliable life it's not up and down here and there the walk of faith is not a a scary walk it is not a walk of it, it's not a, a walk of mystery and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where my next dollar is going to come from. No, that's not the walk of faith. The walk of faith is a walk of certainty. Faith is the surety, the certainty, the confidence. Yeah. Amen. It's not a mystery. It's not a, 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 a spooky, I don't know what's going to happen with my life. I don't know where it's coming from. I know where it's coming from. It's coming from the kingdom. My supply comes from the kingdom. It's coming because of seed time and harvest. I'm a sower. Therefore, it's given unto me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's because of the blessing. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in my storehouse. Hallelujah. That's where it's coming from. Why? Because he is, he is abundant in truth. Abundant in goodness and abundant in truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God created everything on this planet to be good. He did not intend for anything on this planet to be otherwise. Let's, let's just look at his, his track record here and, and see the resume of God. Genesis 1, Genesis 1:4. 1, the Lord God saw the light that it was good. Verse 10. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. Verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, which seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. He was looking for that. That's was his intent. Why remember what goodness means? An eager and ardent desire to bless. Everything He created, He created it to be a blessing for us. Everything God put in the earth before the fall, He intended for it to be beneficial. Hallelujah. Verse 18, And to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. Verse 21, God created great whales and every living creature that moves which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after His kind. And God saw that it was good. 25. And God made the beasts of the earth after His kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps upon the earth after His kind. And God saw that it was good. 31. And God saw everything He had made. And behold, it was very good everything god had made was beneficial and a blessing for those he had made it for hallelujah that's who our god is and everything he's made in your life everything he's authored for your life everything he's designed for you to walk in it's good you can trust him you don't have to wonder if god calls you into something that you're going to hate it that you're not no it's good He's already looked. He went ahead of you and already made sure it's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here in Genesis, we see something, though. We know in chapter 2 and verse 9, it said, And the Lord out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Hallelujah. So, God, when He gave them instruction, He told them they could eat from all of the other trees, which would include the tree of life. He gave one instruction do not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The temptation that took Eve over. We know there were three things that are listed that the enemy spoke to her. First of all, did God say, questioning what God had said. Second of all, he openly lied and said, you shall not surely die. Right? Right. And then the third thing that he said... The third thing that if you want to say was the tipping point for her, he said, God doesn't want you to have the knowledge that is in the tree, that that is in that fruit of that tree. God doesn't want you to know because then you'll be like him knowing good and evil. They were more like him before they fell than they were after. They were more like God before they fell. In His image and in His likeness, God had created them to be. They were carriers of His life. The life of God was in them before the fall. They looked less like God after the fall. Why? Because when they ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they, the life of God that was in them... They were cut off from that life, and they became connected to that spiritual death. It said, sin entered and death by sin. So spiritual death, which means a disconnection from God. We were all spiritually dead. Ephesians 2 tells us. We were dead in trespasses and sins, weren't we? We, That means we were disconnected from God. We were still physically alive. But our spirit was not alive with the life of God. Now today we experience the life of God in our heart, in our spirit. We look, we look like God now. Yes, praise God. Amen. When the temptation came, God's trying to keep something from you. He had already prepared every good thing for, for them. That tree was not for them. He did not create that tree to be beneficial to them. He did not create that tree for them to eat of it. They didn't need any of the nutrients in that tree. They had enough with everything else. Everything else God had prepared for them was good. They did not need to eat the fruit of that tree to get anything better. So it was a lie. It was a lie, but here's the, the, the portion in there that has a twist they were going to know something that they didn't know before. But God didn't want them to learn it that way. God wanted them to be able to learn about evil from His teaching them. Love was going to teach us so we never had to experience evil. Amen. Wow. Love, God, yes. His goodness, He wanted to teach us about evil with us never tasting it. With, with us never experiencing a hangover. Yeah. With us never experiencing the pain of, of, of uh, rejection or loss or, or divorce or what, what, whatever, whatever thing of destruction. God never wanted us to have to taste it. He never wanted us to have to experience. He was going to teach us about evil so that we would be able to be aware of it and know how to resist it and know we didn't want any part of it, but we didn't have to know what it tasted like. We didn't have to know what it felt like. That's His plan. So, He wanted to protect us from the evil, so he gave an instruction. Don't eat of it. Don't do it. Don't take the fruit of that tree. Why? Because it has nothing but harm for you. It has nothing but danger for you. So don't eat the fruit of that tree. Don't eat the fruit of that tree. I, the reason God doesn't want... Anybody having sex without being married is because it's not for you. If you're not married, it's not for you and it's dangerous. It causes more hurt and more harm and more injury to a person. God created it, it's a wedding gift. But you take it out of its purpose, and it becomes the source of so many destroyed lives. I, I, I like to watch true shows, true to, true to life. And I, I've been watching one recently about people who were adopted who get back together with their family members after being separated from them all of their lives. And as I've watched through some of these different episodes, I think... Most of the situations were because people were having sex outside of marriage. Most of the, all of these, none of them, none of them gave up their baby because they were happily married and and sound in their life. They gave up their baby because they were young, they were not married to that person, they couldn't. Raise their child on their own. Praise God they they did choose adoption. But the injury could have been avoided if they would have followed God's instruction. His love for us. His love for us says, sex is not for people who aren't married. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's love. He's not trying to keep people from enjoying their life. He gave us this life. He wants us to enjoy it. And He knows what makes it enjoyable. And living outside of His Word will never be enjoyable. There is a pleasure in sin for a season, but the price tag that comes with it, the destruction and the hurt and the the broken hearts that come with it are not God's plan. So God created His goodness. He created everything good. He created it good and He gave the benefits of the good for us to enjoy. But when they fell, they were not able to identify the difference between good and evil. Let's look at Hebrews 5. It's one that we've been on recently. I guess at some point I should look and find out what time it is since my whole day has just been kind of off we'll stop here with Hebrews 5 hallelujah Hebrews 5 14 but strong meat belongs to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use that's talking about the word of God because the previous verse says the person who is using milk is not skillful in the word of righteousness but those who by reason of using the word of righteousness in verse 14 those who by reason of use of the word of righteousness have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil I can discern it by the teaching of the Lord by his word by what his word has already established in my life as a framework as a boundary I know what's good and I evil and i know to choose the good and resist evil amen that is the plan of god that is what god has for us in christ we are returned to the good life ephesians two ten in the amplified uses that phrase living the good life that god is pre-arranged and made ready for you in christ we are returned to everything good. We have access again to all of God's goodness. We have access to His goodness in our job, where we we work. We have access to His goodness upon our home, our finances, our family. We have access so that His goodness can, can dominate all of the areas of our life. Praise God. The... Growing in love, the recognition of the love that God has for us keeps us in this place of knowing I can't walk after the flesh and have God's best. I can't live contrary to His instruction knowingly. There there are times that there are things that we do and then, okay, I can repent for that. But I can't continually violate and violate and violate and violate knowingly violate and have the blessing and the goodness because he loves me too much to let that happen yeah. Amen. he's not withholding it because he's mad at me but he can't bless and encourage and endorse something that's going to destroy my life Amen. Amen. hallelujah okay one more first john Chapter 2, verse 5. Whoso keeps his word, whoever keeps God's word, keeping God's word means my heart. You know, David said, Thy word, O Lord, I have hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Keeping means I'm doing it. I, not just knowing it with my head, but I'm living it. I'm walking in line with it. I'm, I'm walking out the Word. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not violating it, but I'm obeying it. Whoever obeys and keeps His Word, in Him verily is the love of God perfected. This is maturing. God's love in me is matured As I walk in line with His Word, as I obey His Word, I grow and I develop in in the way God loves me, in the love He has for me, because the more that I am positioned in His Word, being a doer, obedient to His Word, the more He can reveal and demonstrate His love for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Condemnation will blind a person from being able to even see what God loves them. And God's not the author of condemnation. He's not the one who brings condemnation. God uses conviction. He uses conviction. The one bringing the condemnation is the one, the same person, tempting that person to sin. He tempts them to sin and then he loads them down with condemnation when they do and says, There's no hope for you. Don't even try to ask God to help you. You are so hopeless. You are so lost. You are such a sinner. Just just forget it. You just need to to, to, to just turn up that next glass of whiskey and just give it all up. But that's condemnation. God says, There's hope for you. Come repent. I have blood that'll wash you clean from that. I I, I have the anointing that'll lift that burden off of you. If you'll come and repent, right? Conviction always has an answer with it, a way out. It always has the way back to God with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you would please just bow your head for just a moment. Father, we love you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord, for how you minister to us of your goodness. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... I want to give you an opportunity to know him. I want you to know him in his goodness. I want you to be able to receive and experience the goodness of God in your life. If that's you and you would say, I need to accept Jesus as my Lord. Maybe you've walked away from him at some time in the past. You accepted him as Lord, but you've not been walking with him. And today you would like to return to that relationship and enter back into that goodness that God has for you and freedom from the condemnation. If that's you, either one of those scenarios, lift your hands. I want to just lift your hand right where you are. Just let me know. I want to pray with you today. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to pray just because if there are those who may be watching online who are responding to that and say, I do need to know Jesus, just open your heart right now and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me. Jesus died and shed His blood, and I receive Jesus as my Savior today. I believe, God, that You raised Him from the dead, and today I make Him Lord, and thank You for setting me free, Lord. Thank you for cleansing my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess Him as Lord, if you believe that God raised Him from the dead and you confess Him as Lord, you are born again. Hallelujah. It's a decision of the heart, but it needs to be proclaimed out of your mouth. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Well... Thank you for flowing with the way the Holy Spirit was going today. Amen. We, we definitely want him to have the liberty and him to take the lead. And I'm grateful for how he's ministered to us. Are you grateful today? Would you stand with me? to your-